If you go on thus, you will kill yourself. And tis not wisdom thus to second grief against yourself. I pray thee, cease thy counsel, which falls into mine ears as profitless as water in a sieve. Give not me counsel, nor let no comforter delight mine ear, but such a one whose wrongs do suit with mine. Bring me a father that so loved his child, whose joy of her is overwhelmed like mine, and bid him speak of patience. Measure his woe the length and breadth of mine, and let it answer every strain for strain, as thus for thus, and such a grief for thus, in every liniment, branch, shape, and form. If such a one will smile and stroke his beard, bid sorrow wag, cry him when he should groan, patch grief with proverbs, make misfortune drunk with candle wasters, bring him yet to me, and I of him will gather patience. But there is no such man. For, brother, men can counsel and speak comfort to that grief which they themselves not feel, but tasting it, their counsel turns to passion, which before would give perceptual medicine to rage, fetter, strong madness, and a silken thread, charm, ache with air, and agony with words. No, no, tis all men's office to speak patience to those that ring under the load of sorrow, but no man's virtue nor sufficiency to be so moral when he shall endure the like himself. Therefore give me no counsel. My griefs cry louder than advertisement. Therein do men from children nothing differ. I pray thee, peace. I will be flesh and blood. But there was never yet philosopher that could endure the toothache patiently. However, they have writ the style of gods and made a push at chance and sufferance. Yet bend not all the harm upon yourself. Make those that do offend you suffer too. Ah, there thou speakest reason. Nay, I will do so. My soul doth tell me Hero is belied, and that shall Claudio know. So shall the prince and all of them that thus dishonor her. Here comes the prince and Claudio hastily. Good den, good den. Good day to both of you. I hear you, my lords. I we have some haste, Leonardo. Th some haste, my lord. Well, fare you well, my lord. Are you so hasty now? Well, all is one. Nay, do not quarrel with us, good old man. If he could right himself with quarreling, some of us would lie low. Who wrongs him? Mary, thou dost wrong me, thou dissembler, thou. Nay, never lay thy hand upon thy sword. I fear thee not. Mary. Beshrew my hand, if it should give your age such cause of fear. In faith, my hand meant nothing to my sword. Tush, tush, man. Never fleer and jest at me. I speak not like a dotard nor a fool, as under privilege of age to brag what I have done being young, or what would do were I not old. No, Claudio, to thy head, thou hast so wronged mine innocent child and me, that I am forced to lay my reverence by, and with grey hairs and bruise of many days, do challenge thee to trial of a man. I say thou hast belied mine innocent child. Thy slander hath, hath gone through and through her heart, and she lies buried with her ancestors <laughs> in a tomb where never scandal slept, save this of hers framed by thy villainy. My villainy? Thine, Claudio. Thine, I say. You say not right, old man. My lord, my lord, I'll prove it on his body if he dare. 
despite his nice fence and his active practice, his, his may of youth and bloom of lustihood. Away! I will not have to do with you. Canst, canst thou so deaf me? Thou hast killed my child. If thou killest me, boy, thou shalt kill a man. He shall kill two of us, and men indeed. But that's no matter. Let him kill one first. Win me and wear me. Let him answer me. Come follow me, boy. Come, sir boy. Come follow me, sir boy. I'll whip you from your foining fence. Nay, as I am a gentleman, I will. Brother, <laughs> Content yourself. God knows I love my niece, and she is dead, slandered to death by villains that dare as well answer a man indeed as I dare take a serpent by the tongue. Boys, apes, braggarts, jacks, milk sops. <clears throat> uh, Brother Anthony. Hold you content. What man? I know them, yea, and what they weigh even to the utmost scruple. Scrambling, out-facing, fashion-monging boys that lie and cog and flout, deprave and slander. Go antically, show outward hideousness, and speak off half a dozen dangerous words how they might hurt their enemies if they durst, and this is all. But, Brother Antony, I... Come, tis no matter. Do not you meddle. Let me deal in this. Gentlemen, both, we will not wake your patience. My heart is sorry for your daughter's death. But on my honor, she was charged with nothing but what was true and very full of proof. Now, my lord, my lord! But, 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 but I will not hear you. No. Well, come, brother, away. I will be heard. And shall, or some of us will smart for it. Oh, see, see, here comes the man we went to seek. Now, senor, what news? Good day, my lord. Welcome, senor. You are almost come to part, almost afraid. We had like to have our two noses snapped off with two old men without teeth. Leonardo and his brother. What thinkest thou? Had we fought, I doubt we should have been too young for them. In a false quarrel, there is no true valor. I came to seek you both. We have been up and down to seek thee. For we are high-proof melancholy and would fain have it beaten away. Wilt thou use thy wit? It is in my scabbard. Shall I draw it? Dost thou wear thy wit by thy side? Never any did so. Though very many have been beside their wit, I will bid thee draw as we do the minstrels. Draw to pleasure us. As I am an honest man, he looks pale. Art thou sick or angry? What? Courage, man. What, thou care killed a cat? Thou hast meddle enough in thee to kill care. Sir, I shall meet your wit in the career, and you shall charge it against me. I pray you choose another subject. Nay, then, give me another start. This last was broke cross. By this light he changes more and more. I think he may be angry indeed. If he be, he knows how to turn his girdle. Shall I speak a word in your ear? God, bless me from a challenge. You are a villain. I just not. I will make it good how you dare, with what you dare and when you dare. Do me right, or I will protest your cowardice. You have killed a sweet lady, and her death shall fall heavy on you. Let me hear from you. Well, I will meet you, so I may have good cheer. What? A feast? A feast? In faith, I thank him. He hath bid me to a calf's head and a capon, the which, if I do not carve most curiously, say my knife's not. Shall I not find a woodcock, too? Sir, your wit ambles well. It goes easily. I'll tell thee how Beatrice praised thy wit the other day. I said, thou hadst the fine wit. True, said she, a fine little one. No, said I, a great wit. Right, says she, a great gross one. 
Nay, said I, a good wit. Just, said she, it hurts nobody. Nay, said I, the gentleman is wise. Certain, said she, a wise gentleman. Nay, said I, he hath the tongues. That I believe, said she, for he swore a thing to me on Monday night, which he foreswore on Tuesday morning. There's a double tongue, there's two tongues. Thus did she, an hour together, transshape thy particular virtues. Yet at last she concluded with a sigh, Thou wast the properest man in Italy. For the which she wept heartily, and said she cared not. Oh, that she did. Yea, that she did. But yet, for all that, and if she did not hate him deadly, she would love him dearly. The old man's daughter told us all. All, all! And moreover, God saw him when he was hid in the garden. But when shall we set the savage bull's horns on the sensible Benedict's head? Yea, and text underneath, here dwells Benedict, the married man. Fare you well, boy. You know my mind. I will leave you to your gossip-like humor. You break jests as braggarts do their blades, which, God be thanked, hurt not. My lord, for your many courtesies, I thank you. I must discontinue your company. Your brother, the bastard, has fled from Messina. You have among you killed a sweet and innocent lady. For my lord Lackbeard there, he and I shall meet, and till then, peace be with him. He is in earnest. In most profound earnest. And, I'll warrant you, for the love of Beatrice. And hath challenged thee. Most sincerely. What a pretty thing man is when he goes in his doublet and hose and leaves off his wit. He is then a giant to an ape. But then is an ape a doctor to such a man? But, soft you, let me be. Pluck up my heart and be sad. Did he not say my brother was fled? Come, you sir. If justice cannot tame you, she shall ne'er weigh more reasons in her balance. Nay, and you be a cursing hypocrite once you must be looked to. How now? Two of my brother's men bound? Baraccio one? Hearken after their offense, my lord. Officers, what offense have these men done? Mary, sir, they have committed false report. Moreover, they have spoken untruths. Secondarily, they are slanders. Sixth and lastly, they have belied a lady. Thirdly, they have verified unjust things. And to conclude, they are lying knaves. First, I ask thee what they have done. Thirdly, I ask thee, what's their offense? Sixth and lastly, why they are committed. And to conclude, what you lay to their charge. Rightly reasoned, and in his own division. And by my troth, there's one meaning well suited. Who have you offended, masters, that you are thus bound to your answer? This learned constable is too cunning to be understood. What's your offense? Sweet prince, let me go no farther to mine answer. Do you hear me and let this count kill me? I have deceived even your very eyes. What your wisdoms could not discover, these shallow fools have brought to light. Who in the night overheard me confessing to this man how Don John, your brother, incensed me to slander the Lady Hero. How you were brought into the orchard and saw me court Margaret in Hero's garments. How you disgraced her when you should marry her. My villainy they have upon record which I had rather seal with my death than repeat over to my shame. The lady is dead upon mine and my master's false accusation. And briefly, I desire nothing but the reward of a villain. Runs not this speech like iron through your blood? I have drunk poison whilst he uttered it. But did my brother set thee on to this? Yea, he paid me richly for the practice of it. 
he is composed and framed of treachery. <clears throat> and fled he is upon this villainy. Sweet hero, now thy image doth appear in the rare semblance that I loved at first. Come, bring away the plaintiffs. By this time our sexton hath reformed Signor Leonato of the matter. And masters, do not forget to specify, when time and place shall serve, that I am an ass. Here. Here comes Master Signor Leonato, and the sexton too. Which is the villain? Let me see his eyes, that when I note another man like him, I may avoid him. Which of these is he? If you would know your wronger, look on me. Art thou the slave that with thy breath hast killed mine innocent child? Yea, even I alone. No, not so, villain. Thou beliest thyself. Here stand a pair of honorable men, and a third is fled that, that had a hand in it. I thank you, princes, for my daughter's death. Record it with your high and worthy deeds. T'was bravely done if you bethink you of it. I know not how to pray your patience, yet I must speak. Choose your revenge yourself. Impose me to what penance your invention can lay upon my sin. Yet sin I not but in mistaking. By my soul, nor I. And yet, to satisfy this good old man, I would bend under any heavy weight that he'll enjoin me to. I cannot bid you bid my daughter live. That were impossible. But I pray you both, possess the people in Messina here how innocent she died. And if your love can labor aught in sad invention, hang her an epitaph upon her tomb and sing it to her bones, sing it tonight. Tomorrow morning come you to my house. And since you could not be my son-in-law, be yet my nephew. My brother hath a daughter, almost the copy of my child that's dead. And she alone is heir to both of us. Give her the right you should have given her cousin, and so dies my revenge. O oh, noble sir, your overkindness doth wring tears from me. I do embrace your offer, and dispose for henceforth of poor Claudio. Tomorrow then will I expect your coming. Tonight I will take my leave. This naughty man shall face to face be brought to Margaret, who I believe was packed in all this wrong, hired to it by your brother. No, by my soul she was not, nor knew not what she did when she spoke to me but always hath been just and virtuous in anything that I do know by her. Moreover, sir, which indeed is not under white and black, this plaintiff here, the offender, did call me ass. I beseech you, let it be remembered in his punishment. And also, the watch heard him talk of one deformed. They say he wears a key in his ear and a lock hanging by it, and borrows money in God's name, the which he hath used so long and never paid that now men grow hard-hearted and will lend nothing for God's sake. Pray you examine him upon that point. I, I thank thee for thy care and honest pains. Your worship speaks like a most thankful and reverend youth, and I praise God for you. There's for thy pains. God save the foundation. Go, I discharge thee of thy prisoner, and I thank thee. I leave an errant knave with your worship, which I beseech your worship to correct yourself for the example of others. God keep your worship. I wish your worship well. God restore you to health. I humbly give you leave to depart, and if a merry meeting may be wished, God prohibit it. Come, neighbor. 
Until tomorrow morning, lords. Farewell. Farewell, my lords. We look for you tomorrow. We will not fail. Tonight, I'll mourn with Hero. Bring you these fellows on. We'll talk with Margaret, how her acquaintance grew with this lewd fellow. Pray thee, sweet Mistress Margaret, deserve well at my hands by helping me to the speech of Beatrice. Will you then write me a sonnet in praise of my beauty? In so high a style, Margaret, that no man living shall ever come over it. In most comely truth, thou deservest it. To have no man come over me? Why shall I always keep below stairs? Thy wit is as quick as the greyhound's mouth. Ah, it catches. And yours as blunt as the fencer's foils, which hit but hurt not. A most manly wit, Margaret. <laughs> it will not hurt a woman. And so, I pray thee, call Beatrice. I give thee the bucklers. Give us the swords. We have bucklers of our own. If you use them, Margaret, you must put them in pikes with a vice. And they are dangerous weapons for maids. Well, I will call Beatrice to you, who I think hath legs. And therefore will come. The God above, the God of love, love that sits above and knows me and knows. How pitiful I deserve! I mean, in singing. But in loving Leander the Good Swimmer, Troilus the first employer of the panders, and the whole book full of a quandrum carpetmongers, whose names yet run smoothly in even black road of a blank verse. Why, they, uh, they were never so truly turned over and over as my poor self in love. Mary, I cannot show it in rhyme. Well, I have tried. I can find out no rhyme to lady. Baby. An innocent rhyme. For, for scorn. Scorn. A hard rhyme for, for school. Fool, a, a babbling rhyme of very ominous endings. No. Now, I was not born under a rhyming planet. Nor I cannot woo in festival terms. Oh, sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I called thee? Yea, senor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well now. And yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came, which is with knowing what hath passed between you and Claudio. Only foul words. And thereupon I will kiss thee. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> foul words is but foul wind, and foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome. Therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frightened the word out of his right sense. So forcible is thy wit. But I must tell thee plainly. Claudio undergoes my challenge. And either I must 
shortly hear from him or I shall subscribe him a coward. And I pray thee now, tell me, for which of my bad parts didst thou first fall in love with me? For them all together, which maintain so politic a state of evil, that they will not admit any good part to intermingle with them. But for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? A good epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think. Alas, poor heart. If you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours. For I will never love that which my friend hates. Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. It appears not in this confession. There is not one wise man amongst twenty that will praise himself. An old, an old instance, Beatrice that lived in the lime of good neighbors. If a man do not erect in his age his own tomb ere he dies, he shall live no longer than in monument, than the bell rings and the widow weeps. And how long is that, thank you? Question, why, eh, an hour in clamor and a quarter in room? Therefore is it most expedient for the wise, if Don Worm, his conscience, find no impediment to the contrary, to the, be the trumpet of his own virtues, as I am to myself. So much for praising myself, who I myself bear witness, is praiseworthy. <laughs> and now tell me, how doth your cousin? Very ill. And how do you? Very ill, too. Serve God. Love me and mend. There will I leave you too, for here comes one in haste. Madam, you must come to your uncle, yonder's old coil at home. It is proved my lady hero hath been falsely accused, the prince and Claudio mightily abused, and Don John is the author of all, who has fled and gone. Will you come presently? <sighs> Will you go hear this news, senor? I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in thy eyes. And moreover, I will come with thee to your uncles. Is this the monument of Leonato? It is, my lord. Done to death by slanderous tongues, was the hero that here lies. Death, in guerdon of her wrongs, gives her fame which never dies. So the life that died with shame lives in death with glorious fame. Hang thou there upon the tomb, praising her when I am dumb. Now, music, sound and sing your solemn hymn. Pardon, goddess of the night, those that slew thy virgin knight. For the witch, with songs of woe, round about her tomb they go. Midnight, assist our moan. Help us to sigh and groan heavily, heavily. Graves yawn and yield your dead, till death be uttered. Heavily, heavily. Now, unto thy bones, good night. 
yearly will I do this right. Good morrow, masters. Put your torches out. The wolves have prayed. And look, the gentle day before the wheels of Phoebus roundabout dapples the drowsy east with spots of grey. Thanks to you all, and leave us. Fare you well. Good morrow, masters. Each his several way. Come, let us hence and put on other weeds, and then to Leonato's we will go. And Hymen, now with luckier issue, speeds than this for whom we rendered up this woe. Did I not tell you she was innocent? So are the prince and Claudio, who accused her, upon the error that you heard debated. But Margaret was in some fault for this, although against her will, as it appears in the true course of all the question. Well, I am glad that all things sort so well. And so am I. Being else by faith in forcing to call young Claudio to reckoning for it. Well, daughter, and, and you, gentlewomen all, withdraw into a chamber by yourselves. When I send for you, come hither masked. Ah, the prince and Claudio promised by this hour to visit me. You know your office, brother. You must be father to your brother's daughter and, and give her to young Claudio. Which I will do with confirmed countenance. Friar, I, I... I must entreat your pains, I think. To do what, signor? To bind me. <laughs> or undo me, one of them. <laughs> signor Leonato. Truth it is... Good signor, your niece regards me with an eye of favor. That I, my daughter, lent her, it is most true. And I do with an eye of love, require her. The sight whereof I think you had from me, from Claudio and the prince. But what's your will? Your, your answer, sir, is enigmatical. But for my will, my will is... Your goodwill may stand with ours. This day to be conjoined in the state of honorable marriage. In which, good friar, I shall desire your help. My heart is with your liking. And my help. Good morrow to this fair assembly. Good morrow, prince. Good morrow, Claudio. We here attend you. Are you yet determined today to marry with my brother's daughter? I'll hold my mind with she in Ethiop. Call her forth, brother. Here's the friar ready. Good morrow, Benedict. Well, what's the matter that you have such a February face, so full of frost, storm, and cloudiness? I think he thinks upon the savage bull. Tush, fear not, man. We'll tip thy horns with gold, and all Europa shall rejoice at thee, as once Europa did at lusty Jove, when he would play the noble beast in love. Bull Jove, sir, had an ambiable low. And so such strange bull heaped your father's cow, and got a calf in that some noble feet, much like to you, for you have just his bleat. For this I owe you. Here comes other reckonings. Which is the lady I must seize upon? This same is she, and I do give you her. Why, then she's mine. Sweet, let me see your face. No, uh, uh, no, that you shall not. Till you take her hand before this friar and swear to marry her. Give me your hand. Before this holy friar, I am your husband, if you like of me. And when I lived, I was your other wife. And when you loved, you were my other husband. 
Another hero! Nothing certainer. One hero died defiled, but I do live. And surely as I live, I am a maid. The former hero. Hero that is dead. She died, my lord, but whiles her slander lived. All this amazement can I qualify. When after that the holy rites are ended, I'll tell you largely of fair hero's death. Meantime, let wonder seem familiar, and to the chapel let us presently. Soft and fair, friar, which is Beatrice? I answer to that name. What is your will? Do not you love me? Why, n no. No more than reason. Why, then your uncle and the prince and Claudio have been deceived. They swore you did. Do not you love me? Troth, no. Well, no more than reason. Why, then, my cousin, Margaret, and Ursula are much deceived, for they did swear you did. They swore that you were almost sick for me. They swore that you were well-nigh dead for me. Tis no such matter. Then you do not love me? No. Truly, but in friendly recompense. Come, cousin, I am sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn upon that he loves her. For here's a paper written in his hand, a halting sonnet of his own pure brain, fashioned to Beatrice. And here's another writ in my cousin's hand, stolen from her pocket, containing her affection unto Benedict. Ah. Ah. A miracle. <laughs> here's our own hands against our hearts. Eh. Come. I will take thee. But by this light, I take thee for pity. I would not deny you, but by this good day I yield upon great persuasion, and partly to save your life, for I was told you were in a consumption. Peace. I will stop your mouth. <laughs> How dost thou, Benedict the married man? I'll tell thee what, prince. A college of witcrackers cannot flout me out of my humor. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an apogram? <laughs> no. If a man will be beaten with brains, I shall wear nothing but handsome about him. In brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose that the world can say against it, and therefore never flout at me for what I have said against it. For man is a giddy thing, and this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio. I did think to have beaten thee, but, in that thou art like to be my kinsman, live unbruised, and love my cousin. I would well hope thou wouldst have denied Beatrice, that I might have cudgelled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer, which, out of question, thou wilt be, if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrow to thee. Come, <clears throat> come. We are friends. Let's have a dance, ere we are married, that we may lighten our hearts and our wives' heels. <laughs> we'll have dancing afterward. First of my word, therefore play music. Prince, thou art sad. Get thee a wife. <laughs> there is no staff more revered than one tipped with horn. My lord, your brother John is taken in flight and brought with armed men back to Messina. Think not on him till tomorrow. I'll desire thee brave punishments for him. Strike up, Pipers!
The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show. Much Ado About Nothing, Act 5. Featuring the voice talents of Paul Brueggemann as Benedict, Jason R. Wallace as Leonardo, Chris Hackney as Claudio, Dave Morgan as Don Pedro, Renee Christine Jones as Beatrice, Randy Bowser as Antonio, Mindy Rest Keenan as Dogberry, Pete Mylan as Baraccio, Allison Moser as Margaret, Russell Gold as Briar Francis, Katie Keating as Hero, Teresa Stacy as Burgess, Hannah Jang Condal as Ursula, Jack Hawk as The Messenger, written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Colin Kelly and Catherine Pride, script analysis and dramaturgy by Catherine Pride, directed by Colin Kelly, assistant director Landon Bell, featuring the following music, Insomnia by Josh Woodward, Big by Ray Ginsberg, Knox Schotten by Still Playing Guitar, Darkest Days by Jono Go. Red Rum Meets Glue Factory by Jonogo. Blackfisher's Tune by MSTR. Goodbye Pork Pie Hat by Still Playing Guitar. Boats But Not the Ocean Swept Away by I Am Not Left Handed. Easy Lemon by Kevin McLeod. Bardo by MSTR. Sacred Rain by Love Cavi and Mr. DSL. Funeral by Offenbach Project. Wait Until Midnight by Kesaro. Gravity and This Is Everything by Josh Woodward. Balthazar's Song by Vincent Morrison. Shakespeare theme by Pavel Zook at pavelzook.com. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2013, Pendant Productions. Go. Mm. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Oh. Yeah. We're dancing now. Do, do, do. I'll get my guitar. For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. Thanks for listening.